Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, host of Night Stalker Podcast, season number three, episode 271. Today we're going to be talking about an uh, older cold case, uh, which occurred back on uh, July 30th, 1970, Price, uh, Utah. You know, over the course of the years, I've... Uh, done a lot of cold cases uh, involving children as witnesses. Uh, you have to remember back in the, the 60s and the 70s, uh, children weren't really considered reliable uh, witnesses by law enforcement. However, this is actually really not the truth. I did the Susan LaRosa case, uh, which occurred back in, uh, I believe, 73 in Vernon, Connecticut, where her five-year-old daughter, Stacy, was actually in the apartment when it occurred. And uh, I had gone to Massachusetts to interview Stacy, and although people over the years had told her she was wrong, I took about five or six really key things that she had said. And during the investigation of it, uh, believe it or not, uh, everything she said was right. It was correct. In this case, you have a four-year-old uh, child. Her name is um, was Heidi Jones. It's now Heidi Jones' essay right now. Uh, she hears a noise in the uh, living room. Looks for a keyhole in the door. And doesn't see anything. But what she does know is that um, her mother's boyfriend at the time, Tom Eagley, is with her mother. A little later she looks for the keyhole again, doesn't really see anything. She walks out and she finds her uh, 23-year-old mother, Loretta Jones, deceased on the um, living room floor. Jones, uh, her mother, had, uh, had sustained uh, 17 stab wounds, had been sexually assaulted. At the time, Uh, Loretta didn't have really any defensive wounds and what the police believe is that she didn't put up a fight because she didn't want the screaming to uh, alarm her daughter. She didn't want uh, the suspect to know her daughter was in the house. Um, which is really kind of a, if you think about it, a macabre thing. Um, but at the same time, during this, the same day, a 10-year-old female who was um, playing in the area, her, whose name was Lori uh, Kulo Fennel, was outside when a, a stranger, a strange man, uh, grabbed her and attempted to uh, drag her off. Um, Fennel put up a fight. The man's hat f fell off. He started to run. He came back, retrieved the hat. 
he ran, fell into the house, advised her father and brothers who came out looking for the guy, uh, were, were unable to locate him, and uh, the police were notified. Nothing ever happened. You know, um, but in the first case, photos were taken of the crime scene, fingerprints. You know, we're talking 1970. There wasn't really any DNA or any any really known technique for analyzing DNA or anything like that. Um, It was funny because when questioned by authorities, the suspect, Tommy uh, Eagley, remembered going to town that day, having a few beers, uh, eating hamburgers and window shopping, but he didn't remember any specific details about being at um, Loretta's house that day. Um, investigators had a key witness, which was the uh, the girl that had uh, someone had attempted to abduct. And in the lineup, uh, the man who tried to kidnap her, uh, she was able to identify him as in a lineup as uh, Tom Eagley. So he was arrested and charged uh, with an attempted kidnapping. He spent uh, 90 days in prison. However, he was never uh, direct. I mean, he was linked, but not not charged with um, the Red Jones's um, homicide. In about 2002, the daughter. Um, Heidi Jones' essay had attempted on several occasions to get a hold of, um, you know, producers of cold case TV shows and uh, other other media avenues like that, but was really unsuccessful. Um, however, she was able to uh, get in touch with a, a detective whose last name was a Brewer. And it, I believe both of them had actually gone to high school together. And Brewer was never aware of her, her mother being uh, killed. Uh, you know, there were, as I said, there were photos of the crime scene. And, um, you know, crime scene photos, just like, like the case of... Um, Joan Risch, uh, 1961 in uh, Massachusetts, you, you know, sometimes when we look at blood evidence, we look at it, but sometimes we don't really see. Like I tell people, you look at the ground and you, all you're seeing is dirt and rocks, but the ground tells you a lot more. Uh, when the... Uh, when this, when uh, Brewer began the investigation, his part of the investigation, anyway, um, 
Eagley was uh, living in uh, Rocky Ford, uh, Colorado. You know, Eagley's neighbors, you know, described him as uh, a violent person. He actually was uh, chopping down a tree with a chainsaw on somebody else's property when the property owner confronted him, he actually, or she, he swung a, cha uh, a chainsaw at her. In 2016, uh, the victim's body was exhumed. Uh, I had actually watched some of the, uh, when they exhumed the body, I, I had some footage of that I watched. Uh, it was just amazing that even though it was in a, a, a vault, a cement vault, uh, unfortunately water had penetrated the, the vault and it was, uh, there was a lot of water in it, which destroyed any type of evidence. Uh, you know, the cat, the casket was disintegrated, the, uh, any DNA was, uh, you know, was destroyed. However, the police believing that uh, Eagley would probably be listening to the news, um, made statements that um, that they had found uh, DNA evidence that would, um, without a doubt, convict whoever killed uh, the victim. Brewer, when he uh, re-examined the um, crime scene photos, he could clearly see and make out a T and an O in the blood stain, <coughs> which basically meant that the victim was trying to spell out Tom or Tommy. Now, this is a kind of a really rare case because this is you know when they say that somebody's writing something in blood well there you go um, Eagley's neighbor uh, Lisa Carter contacted them after hearing about the, uh, the exhumation of the body and made a um, made an offer she said she would uh, talk with uh, Eagley uh, wearing a, uh, a wire Although the investigators were kind of skeptical, uh, Carter spent weeks visiting Eagley and chatting with him, hinting that the police had uh, crucial information about the uh, killing and uh, that they had evidence that they were going to make an arrest. Uh, Eagley had confessed to stabbing Jones to death, claiming that they had consensual sex but they had gotten into an argument and he snapped. Um, Eagley actually tr attempted to convince Carter uh, to convince the police uh, to tell the police uh, what happened and that he had just snapped. And, you know, I guess he thought in some kind of really demented way that that made it okay. Um, In August uh, of 2016, 46 years uh, after the homicide, uh, Igley was arrested.
He took a plea uh, deal and had uh, had the rape rape charges dropped um, in exchange for a plea guilty to Jones's murder. October 2016, he was found guilty of criminal homicide and sentenced to 10 years to life in prison. 46 years later, the man had run free after stabbing to death a 23-year-old female, traumatizing a child for life. I don't know to me if that's an appropriate sentence, 10 years. You know, in my mind, for a homicide, any homicide, especially one like that, um, you know, unless it was a self-defense or, or something with something else, I don't think any, any homicide a person should be let go, let out of prison. If you take a person's life, the consequences need to be ultimate. They have to be no chance of leaving. I mean, yeah, you can appeal it and, you know, DNA may prove different. But that's 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 not even a 1% of ever all total cases that have ever occurred. With that being said, I mean, if you take a person's life, you've taken that away for how long? Ever. So why should you go to jail for a few years and be released? You know, I'm not saying that there's not times when accidents happen and, and people pass away. Okay, that's one thing. But when you are convicted of murdering and evidence proves that you have murdered, there's no excuse for that. Jealousy. Oh, I snapped. I And, and I don't really like that term, I snapped, because that's, that's just a BS excuse. You know it, I know it. You know, I snap. Listen, I get pissed off at things a lot. I don't go out there and, you know, kill people or do criminal acts because uh, I snapped. But, um, so 46 years later, actually going on 47, the, uh, the killer of um, Loretta Jones from Price, Utah, has been solved. A murder which occurred July 30th, 1970. With that being said, I am Michael C. Bouchard, host of Night Stalker Podcast Season 3. This should be Episode 1. If I ran it normally with this uh, Season 3, Episode 271.